Happy Monday, everyone, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. We got a lot to get to today, but Arizona basketball takes care of business in a big way against the Oregon schools. What does that mean going forward? We'll discuss it here on Locked on Wildcats. You are Locked on Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for keeping it Locked On Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, a ton of really, really good stuff to get to today. But first, Arizona takes out Oregon State or Oregon State in a big way. Now, you might say to yourself, Mike, Oregon State stinks. You would be correct about that. But at the end of the day, we've been watching, uh, we've been watching a lot of stuff out here and a lot of teams that have fallen um, to teams that aren't very good. Heck, even Arizona has fallen uh, to teams that aren't very good at uh, one point. So that's something that you got to keep in mind. Now, um, Watching uh, watching this game, a couple things came to mind. First of all, first and foremost, emptying of the bench. I love seeing more bench players play because a lot of these guys can really play. A lot of these guys can really go. Um, I get Tommy Lloyd. I get what he's saying because, and trust me, this is all just my opinion because Tommy Lloyd knows more than I know. I know, I know, I know. He does he knows a lot more, um, but. Um, I do. I've always been a little concerned about kind of a seven-man rotation. To me, that needs to be. Um, I would love to see it more like eight because I think guys are good enough. But I also understand too because you don't want to mess with players' confidences or players' confidence though either. And what I mean by that is you don't want players that um, you know you're playing. And yes, while they're playing, they're also they're also losing confidence in the meantime. You don't want that. You never want that. And I think Tommy Lloyd is very good at. Um, I think Tommy Lloyd is very good at uh, balancing both of those two because you could see that a guy like Henry Vasar had kind of hit a wall to a certain extent. You know, it was uh, wasn't coming as easy for him as it was, and so uh, Tommy Lloyd sits him down lets him take some of the pressure off and lets him watch from the uh, bench. And then Vasar and Dylan Anderson come back in and they both look really, really good in the process. I think both of them are going to be fantastic players. Uh, obviously I've uh, said that many, many times now, some of the other guys that I think you need to keep an eye on Adama ball on this show. We are big fans of Adama ball. As a matter of fact, uh, we've spent times talking about how, I believe that they should redshirt Adama Ball. Um, I believe that uh, this this coming year, not because he can't play, but somewhat like Lute Olson did back in the day where you had Ricky Anderson, you knew that he wasn't quite ready. <laughs> Excuse me. You knew that he wasn't quite ready to play, um, but you knew that he was going to be able to play at some level. And I think that's where, um, you know, I think that's where it uh, – it, you know, it makes a little bit of a difference, but a year in the weight room, a year just getting bigger and stronger, I think would make the world of difference for Adama ball. So I'd like to see that, but it was great to see him get run out there because again, he can, you know, again, he can, uh, he can play. Um, 
you know, you watch his three point shot, you watch the way that he moves around on the you know, on the court, and you can also just tell that he's young. He's eighteen years old. He's not the biggest dude in the world. Um, he's going to be someone that again will take a little bit of time. But I think there could be a very grand payout later on. So getting all three of those guys some run, I thought was very and Philly B, our guy, Philly B. Um, you know, getting Philip Borvichin in there was big time because um, I have no clue what to expect from him. But the more he plays, the better it is for Arizona. And I think that's where if you're an Arizona fan, you're excited about the possibilities right there. Now, the uh, other guy, the elephant in the room, so to speak, Kylan Boswell. Uh, Kylan Boswell has been absolutely, uh, you know, he is going to be a real problem for the rest of the conference. Heck, for the rest of college basketball by the time he's an upperclassman. He's got that kind of talent to him. He is a he's a dude who um, he can control a game. And you watch him. The more you watch him, the more athletically inclined he is, the more athletically gifted he is. Um it's weird because you watch him and he's not the big, or, you know, he is, he's a very big guy, but he's also not, you know, he doesn't have that typical basketball player build that so many different players have where, you know, you're just long and you're lean. He doesn't really have any of that. Um, but he's got a great feel for the game. The shots coming around and, you know, again, uh, Tommy Lloyd has talked about it many times that uh, he thinks that he can be one of the best guards to come through here. That's high praise because Tommy Lloyd knows the kind of, you know, the kind of bosses that have come through Arizona. So again, for him to say something like that really kind of caught my eye, but the bench players all getting run was the biggest, uh, biggest point of uh, uh, everything basically for me uh, in this game. Now, now let's get to the starters. Uh, Julius Tabellis, again, further uh, proving that he has locked up the conference player of the year. And if he hasn't locked it up, then somebody's being stupid and somebody's trying not to have him. Uh, somebody's got an issue with him because he clearly is um, he clearly is the best player in the conference. He's been the most impactful you name it across the board. He's been that dude. And not only has he been that dude, he is, uh, he continues to impress. So again, you watch him and you're like, all right, he's going to, you know, uh, I don't know what kind of pro he's going to be. That's something that I think is very, very much still up in the air, but you watch him though. And you do know that, um, he can, um, you do watch him though, and you do know that he can uh, um, he can impact the game in a variety of ways. It will be interesting to see if he does come back because if he does come back, Arizona can work on the three point shot, maybe make him a little bit more advantageous for the uh, um, maybe make him a little bit more advantageous for the league. But at the same time, he's having an all time season, so if he were to leave, then. I think everybody would totally get it because, again, he's he's been that dude. He's been that good. Um, now, next to him, Umar Ballo. I put this out on Twitter yesterday. I believe that Umar Ballo will be coming back. I have no inside information on that, so don't uh, don't bet on it. 
or but at the same time i do think that it makes a lot of sense for him to come back mainly because i don't necessarily i don't think he's going to play in the nba i just don't think he's athletic explosive enough and quite frankly he's kind of heavy-footed that um that is an ideal um now the uh i think the one thing that um you know, but he can be is a great college player. I think he's going to make a lot of money overseas, but with the way the NIL is structured these days, why not come back for another year, get some real money in the process, finish out your degree, maybe get started on another degree. I always tell people, you know what, if you got free schooling offered to you, take it. And, uh, and he could be an all American and he could live the life of an all American. I would love to see that. Um, then, you know, the uh, the other guard, I love seeing what Courtney Ramey has been doing. Courtney Ramey has been, um, how do I put this? Courtney Ramey has been, in the last few games, not what he was in Maui, but he's also been a guy who has been, um, he's been attacking the basket more, and I would love to see that continue to happen, where you're attacking the basket more, because again, he's got he, he doesn't need to just be a standstill shooter. There's a lot of guys that have to be standstill shooters. He doesn't need to be a standstill shooter. He can be a player that um, you know that uh, you know can attack the basket from time to time. He's got a nice little ability when he gets in the paint to be able to uh, finish with uh, you know finesse around the hoop, a lot of different angles. He's got that type of ability. So show it out there because again. He, he can always get the three-point shot whenever he wants. I think it's important for him to be able to continue to um, show the other facets of the game, which he has. Now, some of the other guys that I think people need to keep an eye on, uh, obviously Kirk Kreisa. Kreisa is just one of those dudes that, uh, and I think Matt Mulebach put it well the other night, where he just said, you know what, he just makes, you know, he just makes big plays. He makes big shots. Um, it doesn't really matter if he's, you know, two of 13 or if he's seven of 11, there's a lot, there generally comes a time in a game where he makes a big shot down the stretch. And that's just something that you're kind of born with. A lot of guys talk about how, you know, they, uh, um, you know, they wish that, uh, uh, they want the ball at the end and they give all this Michael Jordan stuff. But then when that really comes time to, uh, to it, they don't really want the ball. You know, that's always been something that I think has been uh, a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of a, a funny thing to watch people say from time to time because there's just a lot of times people don't want the ball. It's just kind of the way it is. Not saying it's right, just kind of the way it is. Um, but Kirk Reese certainly wants the ball. Then Cedric Henderson, my dude, love Cedric Henderson. I like him because he fits in out there. He looks natural as a starter. Again, he's not a great player at the power five level, but he's a good solid player. He's long, he's athletic, he plays pretty hard. And um, he has the, uh, you watch him and, um, you know, he doesn't really hurt you out there. He can make the open shot, can finish around the hoop, but he also allows Pella Larson to be able to jump in off the bench, which I think at this stage in the game, we know that Pella Larson is just much, excuse me, just much better off the bench. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Some guys are just built like that in that, you know, they want to watch the game. They want to figure everything out. And then once they figure everything out, they're like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. 
and then um, they go in there. Because when he has done this, he's been smooth. He has uh, not turned the ball over. He hasn't looked out of place. Quite frankly, he's just been a solid player right there, and I think that's something that people need to uh, keep an eye on. Okay, now, now, let's get to LinkedIn. Okay, here's the deal. With LinkedIn, you can get the applicants you need for free. Sponsored by LinkedIn, post your job for free. And again, there's a reason that everybody uses LinkedIn. And the reason that everybody uses LinkedIn is because it works. Um, you know, you've probably gotten a job through LinkedIn. You probably know people that have gotten jobs through LinkedIn. Check it out. LinkedIn, again, um, backslash locked on college, post your job for free. People get jobs through LinkedIn. They try to get jobs through LinkedIn. That's just kind of where it's at. Um, all right. Now, during this segment, we're going to talk a little bit of recruiting. Um, now, first thing is uh, Jamari Phillips. Obviously, we talked about him a ton, but he is the Power Five guy, or he is the uh, McDonald's All-American type 2024. But the guy yesterday that I think a lot of people need to keep uh, keep a very close eye on is Dedon Thomas. Uh, now, his father... His father uh, played at the at uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, kind of in that weird transition era between um, uh, um, Jerry Tarkanian to Rolly Massimino to heck, I mean, somebody else in there as well, where, you know, it, um, it, uh, how do I put this? Um, you know, it just kind of was a transition time. So there's always that. Houston has been uh, rumored to be a very, uh, Houston has been rumored to be right up there as far as, um, uh, how do I put this? Um, you know, in the, in the heat of, for his services, but you know, at the same time, he also, um, he also is a guy that, uh, I think, um, could come to the U of A, but it would really, really be nice if he did come uh, to, if he really be nice if he came to the U of A right now, Houston though, does seem to have the edge, but that can all change. As we always talk about in recruiting, recruiting is fluid. All right. Now we're going to take a quick break. That was your recruiting segment. We'll be right back with you. We're going to talk about going forward, what Arizona needs to do for a number one seat. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. What does Arizona need to do to get a number one seed? This is very simple. Arizona just needs to keep winning. You keep winning, good things will happen for you. Um, now, the big thing that I think with Arizona is that, um, you know, uh, right now you need to uh, – right now you need to be able to um, essentially – Go out there and just win. If you win, you're going to be able to. If you win, you're going to be able to make good. You're going to be able to make good plays happen. And I think that that's uh, something that, um, you know, I think will uh, will be very very good. Um, now, with uh, I think with at the end of the day, I think at the end of the day, the one thing that you all need to look at, though, is you need to say, you need to say to yourself that um, where is uh, where is Arizona? Uh, where could these losses possibly come from? And where could these losses possibly come? Uh, where could these poss losses possibly come from? Um, 
Uh, UCLA at the end, for sure. UCLA is good. I, their fans are uns, insufferable, but UCLA is very, very good. Um, and USC, I know a lot of people think Andy Enfield isn't good. They're wrong. Andy Enfield is good. I like Andy Enfield. USC is talented enough to possibly beat Arizona. And as weird as this is to say, ASU, but ASU is so schizophrenic that I don't give them much of a chance of beating Arizona because of their schizophrenic nature. So those are the teams right there. Um, now, Arizona, I, I believe, is kind of at the stage now where if you were to win out, I don't really think it matters what happens in the Pac-12 tournament. You should get a one seed. But just because you should get a one seed doesn't mean that you will get a one seed. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of people are uh, – I don't uh, – I think that's where a lot of people are, uh, you know, a little um, a little frustrated because, you know, Jay Billis or somebody will say, well, um, why uh, – you know, Jay Billis or somebody will say, you know, Arizona and UCLA can't both be one seeds. But in the other hand, he definitely doesn't say that about somebody else. So um, I think that Arizona right now should be a uh, I think right now, if Arizona takes care of business in the regular season, they're going to very much like where they stand in the grand scheme of things, because their resume is such that you've already beaten Tennessee. You've already beaten uh, you've already beaten UCLA. You've beaten San Diego State. You beat Creighton. You beat Indiana. You beat all the good teams that have been on your schedule for the most part. So, I mean, that's some that's some pretty good stuff right there. Now, you might say to yourself, what could the reason be? I've got an outside-the-box reason here. Built Bar. All right. Now, Built Bar is for the strong people out there. Only You hear the phrase, only the strong survive. That should be the motto for Built Bar. Based out of Utah, it wouldn't surprise uh, – I don't think it would surprise anybody at all if um, – I don't think it would surprise anybody at all if um, Arizona was uh, – you know, if Arizona was um, – uh, or excuse me, if Utah was using Built Bar. Now, the reason the Built Bar is also taken off is because it's good and it tastes good. Think about it this way. How many times have you left the gym and you're like, I don't want to eat what I'm about to eat? Built Bar has changed the equation. Now you look forward to the workout, not just because you're done working out, because that you get to consume a Built Bar in the process. Again, Built Bar has changed the game right there. You can get it at GNC or any place. Check it out. All right. We'll be right back with you, wrapping everything up, getting you ready for Tuesday. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, getting you ready for Tuesday here. Big, big week, obviously, for Arizona Hoops. We're going to talk some Arizona women's basketball tomorrow as well. You got to remember that um, – you got to remember uh, that um, um, he uh, – you know, that uh, this team has done very, very well. Um, and it's uh, – I think it's quite uh, – I think it's quite uh, quite fun to see. Um, and so, again – We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about Adia Barnes group and where they go from here. Again, coming off a huge win against UCLA. Obviously, Arizona Arizona owns UCLA, so that goes without saying. <laughs> and as always, we'll talk a little bit of Arizona football. But as you know, we are in, uh, in in-game mode right now where we are on every single day of the week, 20 times a month, 19 depending on which it is. But as always, it's a great time to be a University of Arizona fan. Everybody's destroying it. 
A big shout out to Dave Hickey for making all of this happen here, our great athletic director. On that note, though, we're signing off. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You have been listening to the Locked on Wildcats podcast.